0: Paul writes as the apostle to the Gentiles, and that's verse 13 through 22. Paul writes as the apostle to the Gentiles, verse 13 through 22. Let's go ahead and read verse 13. If you're there, say amen. 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 Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brother, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort, as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. I have therefore whereof I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not wrought by me, to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed, through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of uh, By the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about until uh, Illyricum, I might say it wrong, but I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Yes, so I have strived to preach the gospel not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. But as it is written, To whom he was not spoken of, they shall see, and they who have not heard shall understand. For which cause also I have been much hinder from coming to you. In believing means in, in the believing. It is interpreted in the sphere of the act of habitually believing, which means continually to believe. So just believe and keep believing. The source of this joy is faith with God himself as the ground and object, God who we know and have in Christ. These can only be found in Christ, talking about hope, uh, now the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Those can only be found in Christ. There's no joy and no peace outside of Christ. These can only be found in Christ, and the vehicle is faith in Him. That's how you're going to get faith. They come from Christ. Christ is the source, but you receive it by faith in him. The idea is that the joy and peace which we now have in Christ will not only not be lost, but will continue to grow actually superabounding. These have nothing to do with circumstances. Zero. Yeah. One of the... One of the things that kind of gets under my skin a bit, me and my dad talked about this earlier this week, I think, is how most most messages that are preached are preached about circumstances. But yet, I see in scripture that joy and peace, you can have that. In any circumstance. Yeah. But most of the time, we, and I'm not saying it's totally wrong, I'm just saying we, we kind of miss the mark. Yeah. If every sermon is about our outward circumstances, mm-hmm. well, God wants to bless you, God wants to change, God wants to, do you. I'm not saying that He doesn't, but what God really wants is um, for you to die in Christ. Yeah. <laughs> so that way you'll have joy and peace. And hope, no matter what happens on the outward yeah. circumstance, yeah. God's focused more on the inward. Yeah. So if every message is preached about the outward, we miss the real problem, which is the, the inward. Inward. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I, I hear a message, I'm like, and you just missing it. Like you, not really, everybody's still left exactly where they are yeah. because at the end of the day, if the circumstance doesn't change when you think it should change. Yeah. Well, God's not very faithful. Mm -hmm. For some people, that's what it can lead to. Well, God's not faithful. He is faithful. It's the E word. I didn't do it for a while. I thought maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So, these these are available to us, each one of us, as believers in Christ, no matter the circumstances in your life. If I don't get another job, if the Lord doesn't provide another job, mm-hmm. I still have joy and peace. Yeah. Yes. But mm-hmm. right. yeah, well, well, brother, if you don't have a job, then all these other things might happen too. But I still can have joy and peace in Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, true. That's, true. That's real freedom. Yeah. yeah. That I'm not bound by anything. Yeah. Nothing has mastery over me. Not even my circumstances and situations can control me and bound me up because I'm in Christ Jesus and I'm dead. Yeah, that's good. So even if all the outward circumstances, even, even, even if I had to endure what Job had to, yeah. I still got joy and peace and hope Yeah, because they're not based on the out. They're based on Christ. See, we talk about the object of faith, yeah. and we can throw that phrase around. Oh yeah, the object of faith. I have the object. but if you don't really know what that means, then it's not going to profit you, any, right. because you'll be able to say it. Well, all I got to do is just focus on Christ. Now, what are you going to do when when you're backed up in the corner and there's no way to, there's nowhere to go, there's no way out. Now all of a sudden what you're going to find out is was it just a phrase that you knew or did you know it? Mm-hmm. Because in the corner when all the circumstances are bad mm-hmm. and there's no way out. See, you can't get out and no one else can get you out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then the answer from the Lord is I'm not getting you out right now yeah. basically he says the words that we view as a cuss word just wait yeah. <laughs> wait well yeah. you mean you're not going to get me out nobody else can get me out I can't squirm my way out of this I am stuck right. Yeah, wait right. now all of a sudden you'll really find out do you really understand the message of the cross or was it just terminology that you knew how to say because we're really good at that Okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And you know what? Jesus is enough. Hmm. That we get to the place like what Jesus got to in the garden of Gethsemane. Not my will, but your will be done. Nevertheless, right. that we get to the place like the three Hebrew, talk about real faith. Real faith. Yes. Real faith. It's not just, oh yes, God can. Real faith doesn't deny that God, we know God can. Faith will say, yes, God can. But deep, mature faith says even if he doesn't. That's right. That's right. Yeah. All about. That's that's real mature faith. Even if he doesn't. Lord, I know you can. But even if you don't. Yeah. Well, how does how do you get to that place by knowing what you have in Christ? And do you really believe that that's enough? Is it really enough for you? Or if God if God didn't do anything else, that you would actually be able one hundred percent to say that Christ, what what I have in Christ, is enough. That I won't bow the knee even if I lost everything, right? Because what I have in Christ is enough. And I'll just tell you the truth, you don't know that until you get back mm, up in the corner. <laughs> and then there's no way out. When I was in Bible college, I was learning I was learning the message of the cross, learning it, learning it, learning it. I could get I could quote it, I mean just front to back. I can I could say all the right things and everything. And then it got to the point where the, the Lord said, Let's find out. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's going to be, it's going to be tested. See, so you, you say if you say you you believe it, then it's going to be tested. Do you? Oh, I believe it. I believe it. No one else, because no, you can fool everybody, but you can't fool the Lord. Right. It, he knows. Oh yeah, I believe it. Praise God. And then here comes the test. <laughs> and then you find out who you really believe. It? Whenever all you got is the cross. Yeah. When that's literally all you have. And then we'll find out how much you really believe it. In the book of Acts, Paul's on a journey. He knows they're not going to make it. They get shipwrecked. Sarah says it sometimes that she's reading through sometimes she's looking for a piece of wood because that's the cross <laughs> most of the time that's not like that but in some instances it is yeah. it actually said in this shipwreck Paul said we're not going to make it that they chose to listen to the captain of the ship and not Paul right. <coughs> they thought they had favorable winds everything looked great Everything looked like it was in their favor, but it was leading to shipwreck. And God knew it and told Paul, if you go. But they chose to listen to the. I think it said the captain or the master of the ship. They chose to listen to him instead of Paul, which really was a word from the Lord. Right. Because. There you go, a favorable winds. So now they take off on their journey and we know what happens. Here comes this huge storm that's like a hurricane, basically. <laughs> and they're just not going to make it. And what happens is they end up having to start throwing things overboard. Yeah. See, God will send you a storm mm-hmm. in order for you to finally throw overboard what you don't need. Yeah. Come on. But you think you need it. Come on, yeah. Because we say, oh, the call! praise God, I believe in the cross, and then all of a sudden you find out, didn't need this, Grow this. don't need that belief, that's not right. <laughs> I believe this, that turned out to be wrong, because this one just proved it. <laughs> I got this, no, I don't got it, because this is actually causing a problem, and if I keep it on board, we're definitely drowning. So, see, God will put you in this way. And then the angel comes to Paul and says, Relax, you're all gonna make it, as long as no one leaves the ship. Well they end up running aground, the waves come and smash the boat up. And then it says that each man actually floated on shore on what? Planks see if all you have is Calvary you're going to make it see you might have to throw over all kind of things and the boat that you were originally on that you thought was going to take you where you needed to go you find out that really it's Calvary and he'll destroy the wrong thoughts that are on the boat, the wrong beliefs that are on the boat, the wrong things that you have to throw overboard. See, he's not going to throw it for you. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to throw it overboard. Yeah. You have to right? let go of That's good. Nice. I got you. That's good. The message of the cop, see? That's good. There's a lot of things with the message of the cop make you shout. Yeah. But there is a point, remember, we still have to die. Yeah. <laughs> We talk about justification by faith, and we can shout amen, and then now if I actually tell you, now you do have to die yeah. in Christ, which means to the old man, we rejoice about that, but also some things that you're holding on to that doesn't line up with Calvary, right? you have to let it go. You, yourself, are going to have to throw it overboard. Mm-hmm. And then, what you thought was right, and that's what was taking you on the right route, you'll find out that that ship is actually going to break up. And all you have left is Calvary. And I'm telling you right now that that is enough. Yeah. Right. But you don't know that until that's all you got. Right. Right. And that's when you can come through the test. And God says, now that faith has been tested and proven. Yeah. And then, when somebody talks about the cross, you don't just go, oh, I'm, mentally, I agree with that. Right. This is the type of faith that says, brother, just hold my mule. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> because what he just said, see, I, I'll walk through that. Right. And I know that I know that I know. See, We've got to get through Romans, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> these cannot be. done about joy and peace. These cannot possibly be brought about in the heart and life of a believer without the power of the Holy Spirit. Not possible. Yes. These believers in Romans, they had such. You know, in Romans. In Romans. <laughs> they had such goodness because of Christ. Now, this is important. What, the goodness that they had, that Paul said, hey, you have it, didn't come from Paul. It came from Christ, because Paul had not ministered to them at all before this epistle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, after all, revelation comes from God, not a man. God can use a man as a tool, but ultimately it all comes from God, even if the Lord, the Lord sense, <coughs> the Lord is using me to teach this class, but the revelation that you receive here is not from me, it's from God. Right. Yeah. They had it from because of Christ. Right. And Amen. Paul said, You got it. It wasn't from Paul because he never ministered to them except for this epistle. Yeah. Amen. The goodness is defined by the context. Which is not as goodness in general, but the Christian love which bears the infirmities of the weaker brother. Remember, that's what we covered just before this. Mm -hmm. Knowledge refers to a Christian knowledge in its entirety. There was sufficient knowledge of the word of God among the saints in Rome that they could correct each other if need be. Paul believed they would receive what he said in this letter. That's what that's what he was saying, when they said, brother, and I said, Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort. Paul was confident that they would receive what he was saying, that they would receive it with joy and gladness and accept it. Even though the church at Rome was not one of Paul's own foundation, nor was it his desire, yet his peculiar mission as apostle to the Gentiles gave him a right to admonish them. Paul didn't start the church and Mm -hmm. Paul wasn't trying to. Paul wasn't trying to be pastor of the church in Rome. That was not his desire. But Paul was given a call specifically by God which was to be the apostle to the Gentiles. So because of that call Paul wrote this epistle to Rome. It didn't mean he was trying to be anything In the church of Rome. But they're Gentiles. And he's the apostle to the Gentiles. He was just simply doing what God had called him to do. Paul was called by God as an apostle to the Gentiles. Paul compared his ministry. To be the same as the priests and Levites in the Old Testament. Carrying out the sacred rites in the tabernacle and temple. Paul said that his ministry and preaching to the Gentiles. And having the Gentiles converted, and then to understand the cross that it was the same as the Levitical priesthood offering up the sacrificial rites and everything in the temple and the tabernacle. That he said that it was the same. Yeah. That's how important Paul viewed it. Paul gloried in his appointment as a preacher to the Gentiles. Paul has his authority only in Christ Jesus from nothing else only in Christ is he an apostle to the Gentiles no man gave it to him and no man can take it it was from God alone all of Paul's ministry and in whatever capacity is ordered and directed by the Holy Spirit signifying the divine order Uh, Verse 15, Nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God, which is referring to his apostleship to the Gentiles, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God. That the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. That's what he was comparing to the Levitical uh, priests. I have therefore, whereof I may glory through Jesus Christ and those things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of any other things which Christ has not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. All that Paul has done and written. Has been totally of the Lord. Now. What's. Kind of being expressed here. Is that Paul didn't do anything. Unless the Lord said to do it. Mm -hmm. Even so much to the point. That what Paul is saying. Is that if I did do anything. That the Lord didn't tell me to do. I will not glory or boast in it. Because it doesn't. It doesn't profit anything. If the Lord didn't tell me to do it, I didn't do it. All right. That's kind of the idea that what Paul was expressing—that in Paul, in his ministry, everything that he did was specifically because the Lord told him to do it. If the Lord did not tell him, he didn't do it. Yeah. It is not on his own impulse, but in Christ that he does it. The mighty power of God was in operation in Paul's ministry. Without the moving and operation of the Holy Spirit, you have no God-given ministry. That's That's what ministry really is. I can be the greatest singer in the world, which I'm not. But I can be the greatest singer in the world, and if I sing and it doesn't have the moving and operation of the Holy Spirit, I'm not called to that. And even though I would be very talented, as far as ministry goes, I don't have a ministry. Man might say, oh, dude, you need to. But it really don't matter what man says. What does God say? And if God doesn't have His stamp of approval on it, you don't have a ministry. It may be a ministry in man's eyes, but in God's eyes, you got nothing. That's right. It's not even He. Don't, he won't even recognize it. That's in I mean, we talk about in everything. This class is happening because the Lord said do it. The Lord didn't say do it; It wouldn't be no class. And if I attempted to do the class, it wouldn't would be a ministry, and at the end it would burn up because it would be of the flesh wood hay stubble at the judgment seat of Christ would be wood hay stubble. It's a big deal. I mean, it's a big deal. As, especially as ministers, I don't have the, I don't have the, uh, I don't have the freedom and the right or the ability to choose whatever I want to choose. This I can fully say. Look, this is my ministry that the Lord has given me because the Lord has given it. If the Lord didn't say this, I wouldn't be doing this. I would have the ministry. Right. <laughs> I mean that's just how it works. Yes. <coughs> if you attempt to sit out and do something that the Lord hadn't told you to do, you don't you don't really have a ministry. And that's what we a lot of times we just don't think about it. We just think if it's good, oh praise God, that's of the Lord. Right. Just because something's good don't make it God. When God calls a man or a woman to minister, to preach. He's going to give them the call, the direction on where to go and what to preach. Yeah. One of the biggest problems and as a young minister I, I'll say that I'm just so blessed I, I got both the direction and the message. but one of the things that tends to happen sometimes is that someone will get saved and they feel called to preach, mm-hmm. and they might get the direction, but they they don't get the message, mm-hmm. and they just go. Uh-huh. Right, like dude, yeah. there's a time of preparation. God's real big on preparation. Yeah. But yeah, we get praise God. He called. We're gone. I mean, like. Mm-hmm. Breathe. <laughs> God is not in a hurry. He, he he's interested in, in quality. Paul got saved. And then Paul disappeared for like five years. On the back side of the desert somewhere. Yeah, that's true. Well, what was he doing? He was getting the message. Yeah. He got the he got the direction. The Gentiles the apostle to the Gentiles take it to the Jews first and then to the Gentiles you're the apostle to the Gentiles he knew he was meant to preach the gospel to the Gentiles but he's only half ready he's the message the message was the message of the cross Calvary What Jesus accomplished at Calvary so if you don't have the direction and the message you don't have a God called ministry Of course, try just try not to think of certain people that are ministers. Try just try to not think about that, because sometimes if we do that, we think of certain people that we're like, "Well, you we know, mean, I think that they You're gonna to have to set that. You're gonna to have to set your personal. You're gonna set that aside. What does the Scripture review. I heard there was a man that he was he was saved, loved the Lord with all his heart, and was truly called by God to preach. And he preached the gospel before he preached salvation by faith. That's all he knew, though. And the Lord removed him from ministry. And he found himself sweeping a warehouse floor. No longer a pastor over a church. Hmm. None of that stuff. Instead, he worked in the back of a warehouse. Sweeping the floors. And what's on is a radio that he can't turn off because it's just too hot. <laughs> and guess what was coming through on the radio? The message of the cross. Yeah. He's truly called by God. You see, but he didn't have the message. So God said, you know, God had to place him on the shelf mm-hmm. in order for him to be able to sit still long enough to give the message. and then Because he was still called and God wasn't through with him. Mm-hmm. But God has a timing. Mm-hmm. So God said, no, no, no. You're going to have to get on the shelf and then I'm going to pour in It was always The vessel was always called, but there was nothing in the vessel to be poured out. A called vessel, selected by God, but empty. And God had to take that vessel, put it on the shelf, so that He could take and pour in the message, and then <laughs> after that, then the vessel was ready, because now there's something to pour out. Yeah. Pour out. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Number one problem with us as vessels, uh-huh. Uh-huh. we don't want to be on the shelf, because then that means yeah. what? W-A-I-T, four-letter, bad word, uh, wait. Yeah, right? yeah. And at times, it will make you feel like, God's done with me. <laughs> Who said that Right. just because you're on the shelf yeah maybe you just got something specific for you yeah and you just got to be prepared and if you don't take the time to let him pour it in one he gonna force you yeah if he really does have something for you're gonna get back in the car. you're gonna be on the shelf so it can either be the ugly way or you can just go ahead and die in Christ and get on the shelf yeah. and say, Lord. Yeah. See, Paul had a... De- We're not quite there yet. This is going to be the next part. Paul's present and future plans. Paul had a plan. Uh, he, he had a desire in his heart, placed there by God, to go to Rome. Well, actually, it was to go to Spain, but he said he was going to go through Rome and see these believers. He had that in his heart from God to go to Spain But even though he had the desire and it was placed there by God, Paul didn't just pack up and go to Spain. Because even though God has a timing, his will and his timing are just as important. In my own life, in my own heart, I have a desire for college age kids. Because they're the ones that are going to get indoctrinated one way or the other. In college, I ain't breaking it to you, but they're getting indoctrinated. So, at that moment, that's when they're most susceptible, basically. That's my, that, in my heart, that's what I long for. But right now, it's not here. I'm not all trying to make it happen because if it's God's will, He's got a time. That's right. That's right. You don't want to. And I might just, I might just be on the shelf right now getting prepared for that. I don't know. But when He brings it, it'll be time. That's The desire's there, but the timing isn't. So I gotta wait. 4 that curse word. Wait. Right. In verse 21, that passage uh, uh, says, but as it is written to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see, and they who have not heard shall understand. That is the reference is to Isaiah chapter 52 verse 15. Uh, refers to the message of redemption going to the Gentiles. Paul wanted to go to Rome, but lacked the time due to preaching the gospel. That's why Paul Paul had the desire, but he said I couldn't make it because I was being preaching the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.